0: every time
1: a proud member of the Gunna geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one
0: on this week's episode is there one elden ring to rule them all will the batman find success for dc and what are we looking forward to on television All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos.
1: Welcome to the pop culture cosmos.
0: And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcast. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, popculturecosmos.com, The Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Insights Sports, Fantasy Football, Humanic and Media. Or anything that we do right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. So you got to check out all of our great tabletop RPG streams right here at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus, not only the fact that we're heard around the world every single day of the week on radio, plus, on top of everything else, we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day right here at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you support anything that we do or everything that we do, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own cyberpunk next-gen upgrade of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at PopCultureCosmos.com. Humanican Media, of course, his awesome book. Congratulations, you suck. You got to go ahead and check it out today by going over to Amazon and Barnes & Noble and buying a copy today plus this great podcast, and so much more, it is my good friend, it is Josh Peterson. What's up, man?
1: What is up? Let me ask you a question, all right? Say MTV calls, and they're like, hey, we want to pick up the Pop Culture Cosmos show. How would you feel about us being on MTV?
0: I want my, I want my, I want my MTV. You betcha, man. Yeah. How many years have we done this? And how many years have I told you I am a corporate sellout?
1: But my question here, though, is it seems like MTV seems to be the place where shows go to die. So, I mean, oh, there's, would it... there's
0: this thing called contracts. So before it died, we you know, hopefully get a couple, a couple of paychecks, you know.
1: Yeah. I just, you know, there'd be some pros and cons there that would oh, happen. And
0: then be. we just, you know what? If Pop Culture Cosmos, they bought the rights to it. And then after a few shows, they canceled this or whatever. He would just return in another form on uh, this week's Slop Culture Cosmos.
1: Slop. I like it. I like it. All right. I'm in.
0: Yes. So there you go. See? there's a, You always got to look at the other side of things. You know, we'll get a nice paycheck for a few weeks, and then we'll become the Slop Culture Cosmos. But it is going to be a great episode right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos today. My good friend is going to be letting you know about the next jet upgrade he was given as a review code so josh is going to tell you his thoughts on the next gen upgrade for cyberpunk 2077 plus also as well we're going to go ahead and talk about gran turismo 7 which comes out later this week to see if that can actually build upon the success of driving games such as the most recent hit by xbox so we'll be talking about that here in a second on the back end of the show we've got don fombs with our february tv update but also as well We're going to be talking about a new game coming out this week called Babylon's Fall. Why it has a great premise, but why it also could fall as well. And of course, we'll be talking about some great things, including The Batman, which is coming out this Friday to theaters. We'll be talking about to see if this will continue the success for DC or if this Batman has been set up to fail. But first, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and ask again, you spent some time so far with Cyberpunk. We will be also talking about Elden Ring as well. But I know you've been having a chance to go ahead and sit down with a next-gen upgrade for Cyberpunk 2077. And once again, we want to thank those out there that actually supplied us with the review code for this. So tell me your thoughts the next-gen upgrade for Cyberpunk 2077.
1: So here are my thoughts. I played the Series X version, and... There is a noticeable difference in resolution compared to the Xbox One version. And you do get a higher frame rate, and the ray tracing is obviously happening on here, and the load times are faster. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this because I have a nice 4K television, right? It's, it's a couple years old. And,. Even with this TV, like, I'm barely able to notice some of the differences. I'm sure if I had a side-by-side, you know, it, w- it would stand out a little bit more to me. But, like I said, even with this TV, like, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding huge differences between the two. And, I'm, you know, as I'm going online and looking at, you know, what other people are saying, they're kind of saying the same thing, right? Like, the Xbox Series X version has better resolution. PS5 has a higher frame rate they're both bragging ray tracing and they're operating in I want to say 60 frames per second whereas the last generation console versions were at 30 frames per second. You know that being said the you know looking at it you know I like colors the colors all really pop on the game. I do appreciate the load times being cut. I haven't gotten to the parts where there were obvious glitches before because I'm only about 2 hours into the game. You know I'm I'm hoping I'll finish it this time around. It's about a 90 hour game from what I've heard so I haven't like really made it i didn't make it to the end the first time and i don't know if i'm gonna make it to the end the second time but i am liking what i see so far what are your thoughts on these like these upgrades that keep coming out do you think that they're things that people should be excited about or what do you think that they're discluding the certain types of gamers who don't have the latest and greatest in television viewing technology
0: well, first of all, I want to thank, again, Evolve PR for going ahead and flowing us over the review code so you had a chance to look at it. But when it comes to these upgrades, you know, like recently we, we talked about on the show here what the Uncharted 4 upgrade that you have to pay a little bit extra. I liked it when these games were giving you these next-gen upgrades for free because you're already spending 50 $60 on a lot of these games. Now you're being asked in these cases to go ahead and spend additional money on it. And in the case of the next gen upgrade, I believe it is an extra cost as well for someone who has the traditional Xbox One PS4 version. Is that correct?
1: If you own a copy of the game, it's free. But if you don't, you know, you have to pay the whatever the cost of the game is now, which I mean, you can pick it up at Target for like 15 to 30 bucks. I've seen it as low as $10 on sale
0: okay but that's just for the original gen version but if you want yeah, but State, if
1: you if you want to upgrade the from what I'm reading the upgrade is free okay
0: well that's pretty good then obviously after the bad press that they got uh, you know for the original way it was released and all the problems they're in and so many people refunding it and so many people just really upset with it I'm glad the fact that they've decided to go ahead and just offer the upgrade for free because we're seeing now more and more like from Sony they're now charging for many of its next-gen upgrades. And with the prices going up on games as a whole for the next-gen, it's become problematic for gamers to decide whether or not they want to go into a next-gen format because the average new game that comes out on next-gen formats, just like Elden Ring, which we'll talk about here in a second, so that's $70. 70 yeah, bucks, it's, yeah, it's 70 bucks is the MSRP now. So... People need to understand the new reality of where gaming is headed. And as you see, some of these games and these studios are going to decide whether or not they want to go ahead and charge for their upgrades. It's nice to see CD Projekt Red, which, again, had such a disastrous launch of the original version of Cyberpunk 2077. It's nice to see that they've actually gone ahead and made this next-gen upgrade for free. But this brings me to my next question, my friend. CD Projekt Red it had that horrible launch which i guess will probably go down as one of the most infamous launches in the history of video games as far as on a negative side and it's tried to do everything it can to recoup its reputation ever since you know by trying to do patches make major upgrades obviously the next gen upgrade for free offering and whole nine yards but let me ask you this. Does this next-gen upgrade, does that go a long way to restoring people's faith in CD Projekt Red?
1: You know, that's a good question. You know, I, I look at CD Projekt Red, and they I remember in an interview, this was a couple months back, they had said, hey, we're pretty satisfied with where the game is at right now. Looking at other gaming studios, namely BioWare, right, EA, what happened when Mass Effect came out the gate in a horrible you know deplorable condition
0: mass effect andromeda
1: yeah mass effect andromeda came out the gate and they put some patches out there and they made all these promises right they promised to to bring you more content they promised to fix a lot of the issues a lot of you know resolution frame rate some of the glitches some of the storytelling in there and you know they put out a few patches but ultimately they ended up just shutting it down they're like yeah we're we're good with this same thing with final fantasy 15 remember they kept promising yeah. they're like hey we're gonna have extra story. the game was incomplete when it came out so we're gonna bring you a more complete tale and then they just kind of decided like ah, it's not worth it for us anymore
0: same thing with anthem
1: exactly anthem is a perfect example of this people really liked the game it had a you know it had a wasn't an amazing following but i had a lot of people following it and there were people excited about people like the game enough and they were willing to give the game a second chance to be relaunched didn't didn't pull through with it
0: no didn't quite work out that way for any of these previous games although with no man's sky that is a success story that is the path yes i mean yeah I mean, that's the way you do it, okay? You have a horrible launch. You go ahead and promise your consumers, and then not only do you deliver, but you over-deliver upon that.
1: Right, and I feel like this is the path that CD Projekt Red is currently walking with Cyberpunk. They have put out so many patches for this. They've kept the community updated on what's going on. They've kept their investors updated on what's going on. And you look at the game now, I mean, even just playing the first two hours of the game, it already performs a lot better than what the original Xbox One version did. Granted, I have not played the PS4 and PS5 version, so I don't know, you know, I don't know what things look like there, but the game does feel a lot better. And if you were to ask me, I would have much rather preferred to play this version of the game than the last version of the game.
0: Well, that's good to hear. We even mentioned Fallout 76, which also had a disastrous launch. Mm-hmm. And that never recovered, no matter how many upgrades they put in.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I guess it all depends on the fan base, but like you go on any social media outlet and you'll find 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 cyberpunk pages the moment you type in cyberpunk at the top. So this obviously has a lot of people in its corner. They want to see them succeed. CD Projekt Red is an amazing company and they've, you know, The Witcher will go down in history as one of the greatest games ever made. So I feel like people are willing to. The Witcher 3. The Witcher Three, yeah. Sorry, I mean, even just the whole series of, of Witcher games have been great. But you do have a lot of people who are willing to see this game through. And so far, CD Projekt Red has delivered on their promises. And you look at the interactions between the fans, the communications on whether it's Reddit or some of the comment boards on IGN, Game Informer, whatever it might be. It's mostly positive. And you know, because of that, my hope is that I'm going to get a chance to sit down and play this game. To its completion and i will be able to deliver a more in-depth review on what this game looks like compared to the last generate my experience with the last generation version of it
0: it sounds like a plan my friend i'm hoping that you will be able to do so but there's so many other games out there it's going to be hard to do i know that a lot of people are talking about like you talked about you with horizon forbidden west and of course the game that we're going to be talk about here in a few minutes but I will say that Cyberpunk 2077, it's taking the right steps to repair some of the damage that was created by its horrible launch. So we want to hear your thoughts on the next-gen upgrade for Cyberpunk 2077. Is it something you're willing to get back into? Or were you one of those out there that were scared off by the horrible launch of Cyberpunk 2077 and were basically saying, you know what? I'm not going to have anything to do with it, but now that you're hearing good things about Cyberpunk 2077, is it a time to step into the world of Cyberpunk 2077 right now, now that there's been a next-gen upgrade? Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, we're going to be talking about some Elden Ring, Babylon's Fall. On the back end of the show, we've got Don Fobbs with our February TV update, and Josh and I will ponder... Will the Batman do some good for DC? We'll talk about that on the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse.
1: I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release.
0: You can get out there right now.
1: I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you here you go. The here's a You could get the cell copy. phone yeah. version
0: that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, shell shaky, <laughs> has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. Oh, you know, on, that, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah, but I mean like... With a mono I- sound. There you go. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left you ear, not the right ear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos show.
1: And the PCC Multiverse.
0: Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here along with my good friend and compadre in crime, Josh Peterson. I want to make sure everybody knows that on Friday, we've got some great stuff coming down the pike. Not only are we going to talk about the Batman there as well, because it releases in theaters. We're going to be talking a little bit more about Gran Turismo 7, which Josh can also comment on today if he wants to, because that's coming out this weekend. But also as well, I want to go ahead and let everybody know I've got a special interview coming up with award-winning author Jeff Perlman. He has a book out there entitled Showtime. And that Showtime book, based off the dynasty of the Los Angeles Lakers in the 1980s, that book has been turned into a series on HBO and HBO Max called Winning Time that will be debuting on March the 6th. So I got a chance to talk to him, and I'm going to drop that on Friday's show, the PCC Multiverse. So I'm really excited for that. He had a lot of great things to say, so I'm looking forward for everybody out there to check out what he's saying. And if you can, in advance of Winning Time, if you're really excited about it, I will go ahead and let you know that Showtime, the book, is on sale right now at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. But before we head to the break, my friend, a couple things I want to talk to you about. Elden Ring has been just blazing a storm out there with gamers right now. It is the latest release from from Software, The makers of many a game in the Souls series, and it goes back to the original dark souls in this type of genre where it's a very mostly straightforward video game series where you go ahead and die a lot because you're facing off against a lot of enemies but the souls games have been rated as really extremely hard sekiro die twice is one of their latest offerings and that was also a very tough game but you know it goes into bloodborne and the dark souls games now comes an open world version of the soul genre, which people are just raving about. IGN and GameSpot both gave it a 10. It is right now on Metacritic rated at a 97, which would place it in a tie for sixth all time. Let me tell you the kind of games that it's in the same scoring in the same category. Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Galaxy 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, and GTA 5. Those are the games that are now in the same vicinity the on Metacritic as Elden Ring. Your thoughts on this, my friend, it's an open world game with the Souls type difficulty that's out there. There is a co-op on it as far as two players that you can play. But my friend, this is something that I think a lot of people are both excited and intimidated by. And I can tell you I'm one of them.
1: I am going to pick this game up. You know, like I said, I got to wait till payday because I'm gaming on a budget here. But this is what I've been telling Brank and Dr. Donna from the Super BS Games cast. I've been saying that I absolutely want to play this game, but I'm terrified of it because I'm afraid of spending $60 on a game that looks beautiful and it looks amazing, but I just will not be good enough to play to the end. And I know Miyazaki has come out and said that, like, hey, this is going to be a more accessible game. It's just as challenging as a Dark Souls game, but it's not more difficult to approach than one of those. Well, the thing is,
0: though, a lot of people are saying the battles and the bosses are just as difficult, if not more so, than any Dark Souls game.
1: Right, right. So, you know, and that's what I'm reading, too. So I don't know what he meant when he said that it's more... That you could run away this
0: time, I think, successfully because, uh, yeah, maybe
1: that's true. But I don't know, like, I'm so (laughs) intrigued by this game, and it'd just be a real shame to me if I can't finish it. But it still looks amazing, and I still want to play it. You know, it's like this punishment that I want. Does that make sense?
0: Well, it's funny because, yeah, it does. But because it's something I'm interested in too, when I get my next gen systems, it's one of the first games I want to get my hands on it's been so lauded the critics absolutely love it i've been looking at extensive playthroughs of it and it just seems to me like it's not only very difficult but it's very beautiful it's very accessible it reminds people of the breath of the wild as far as you can go literally anywhere it doesn't give you a points on the map thing or it doesn't telling you where to go it does give you a path if you want to go ahead on a story path but if you just want to branch off and go wherever you can the thing is though When you go wherever and you face off against, let's say, a beast or an enemy that's extremely higher level than you are, that could be really a problem as well. So it gives you a choice and it doesn't give you a choice because Mm -hmm. it really tells you to go ahead. You need to go ahead and build your stats up and need to go ahead and build your character up and progress through in a certain way. But if you don't want to go for it, but if you do, you're going to pay the price.
1: Yeah, so I'm curious and I haven't, you know, I haven't watched any gameplay footage of this, but I'm curious if you can find like a lower level enemy and just keep going after them over and over again until you're eventually high enough level like it like what you do in Final Fantasy where you grind lower level enemies until you feel like you're strong enough to go after something bigger than that. I'm curious if you can do that in this game.
0: I'm curious as well. I mean, ranged weapons. I love ranged weapons because I'm really just not that great as far as up-close melee battles. So I like to choose in types of games like these for ranged weapons. So can I find a point where I'm like far enough away where I can just hit it and just hit it and hit it that, you know, maybe two hours later, finally kill it and then pick up the rewards from there? We'll see. But, you know, I think that... This is going to be a unique challenge for gamers that are intimidated by this type of game because it's getting so many glowing reviews that I think that it's going to be enticing to get. But the fact is, again, it is still a Souls-like game. And because of that difficulty that's been ramped up, it's going to be, I don't know, you say Miyazaki has said it's accessible or more accessible than any other Souls-like game. I'm still worried about that, how low that level is.
1: Yeah. So, I am somebody who loves video games, but I'm not good at video games. So, this is concerning to me, but also I still just want to play it. You know, even talking to Brank, you know, and he's saying that he loves the game, but he doesn't know if he's going to finish it. So, I'm, you know, from my point of view, like, is that something worth spending $60 on, or do I want to wait till it eventually lands on sale somewhere and pick it up for like 30 or 40 but then again like i feel like i'm already missing out on something
0: absolutely and it's funny because it comes hot off the heels of horizon forbidden west and all the great nature and the great fun and the great acclaim that horizon forbidden west has gotten in the past couple weeks that came to a halt with elden ring because elden ring has totally supplanted it right now in the minds of gamers which I think PlayStation probably is kind of miffed about right now because of the fact that they thought that they would have Horizon Forbidden West as a key component as far as for advertising and selling for the next couple of months as far as being one of the best that's out there along with Gran Turismo 7 of theirs. And all of a sudden here comes Elden Ring and it's outperforming and outscoring what their game is doing, even though in most people's eyes that this version of Horizon Forbidden West is actually better than his predecessors so it's kind of funny how you make this game and then all of a sudden the next week somebody makes a better game
1: well, in most yeah. people's eyes and this is a problem we're going to have all throughout this year because i'm i mean even looking at march right now right we have march 4th Grand Church's most seven triangle strategy we have babylon fall coming out on march 3rd and then i'm have... going to talk to you
0: about here in a second
1: yeah, we have Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy, March eighteenth, and then we have Kirby's Forgotten Land, March twenty fifth, is uh, along with Tiny Tina's Wonderland. So it, you know, it feels like if you were to miss a game, there just won't be time to go back and play it. And this is already shaping up. Remember, I think two thousand seventeen in my memory is like one of the best years for games because we had two thousand seven. You think it's two thousand seven? I think. I mean the closest in my memory right we had okay. super mario odyssey we had zelda breath of the wild we had wolfenstein like there was a ton of games that came out all around the same time yeah. and this it felt the same like hey i missed out on this game there's just no time to go back to it i think i i finally got around to playing wolfenstein like six months after it came out great it, it's just it's it's shaping up to be one of those years which is good because you know after 2020 and 2021 we needed a year of games absolutely. And It looks like this is shaping up to be that. But that being said, you know, you miss out on a game like Elden Ring, and I feel like it's not going to get played until there's a break in something, possibly before the upcoming holiday season.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, my friend. It's going to be very interesting to see how Elden Ring performs with gamers and how it ultimately does at the cash register to see how well it sells. Before we head on out on the break, I want to go ahead and ask you on this because Elden Ring is an outstanding game. I wish it had one more element, and that was not only if it came with a co-op as far as a two-player co-op, but a four-player co-op. And a game coming out this week, you mentioned in Babylon's Fall, that is coming out later this week. Although from what we're seeing in the previews, that people were saying that maybe this game, they're rushing it out too quickly and that there's still, even though it's a great concept of a four-player fantasy adventure that you can play. It's still probably best that they went ahead and spent more time polishing it because again all the previews are pointing to a not so much lauded and revered game. And then like you said with all the games that are coming out right now, that could mean that it could quickly come out to a I guess a, a tepid reception at best, which means it might get swept under the rug rather quickly. I wish they would go ahead and apply that four-player co-op to something like Elden Ring, just to make it so, like you and I, as, like you said, average game players who don't have quite the skill of some top-level players, could go ahead and feel still successful and get through this campaign of Elden Ring.
1: No, I agree. You know, something like Elden, and that goes to beg the bigger question here: Would it pull something like Borderlands where? the enemies are all scaled according to how many players are in in the level that they are, or is it something that would, you know, the enemy levels would stay more or less the same. I do appreciate that they have a co-op mode, but I don't necessarily think that that's going to make the game any easier, especially if, you know, they're like you or me playing at the same time. Two people just aren't that (laughs) that great at these types of games.
0: Absolutely. I mean, where with a four-player, you could at least have some type of coordinated attack against a lot of these beasts that could still, if done correctly, could get you farther and progress you farther than, let's say, what you could be doing as a single entity on these type of games. Especially, again, I see a lot of people buying this game because they read the the, the box chart, the box art, and it says IGN gave it gave it a ten, Gamespot gave it a ten. And this entity gave it a 10 and it's one of the greatest rated games of all time. And they go into it and they're going to spend like two hours with it and be so frustrated they're going to throw it out the window.
1: Yeah, and it also like has the added benefit, though, of being one of the only high fantasy titles that have appeared on consoles in a while, right? Well, we have Endwalker, Final Fantasy. We have the Final Fantasy titles, but if you look at the latest releases in games, there hasn't been... A, an interesting fantasy title in a long time. And I think that that might be another factor because I'm looking at this world and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this looks like something that I would love to really invest time into. But then I don't know if my skill level is going to be something that lets me get far enough into it.
0: And that's what I'm worried about as well. I mean, there's both a sense of fear and a big sense of interest when it comes to what we're seeing with Elden Ring. I know a lot of people out there are really enjoying Elden Ring, and I know a lot of people are really frustrated out there with Elden Ring. So if you have thoughts out there on Elden Ring, we would absolutely love to hear it because Josh and I are on the fence on whether or not we want to get Elden Ring. So please let us know if Elden Ring is something that we need to go ahead and venture into. It is one of the highest rated games of all time, so definitely the words out there that if you go ahead into this world, and you're able to get through it, it'll be a great experience, but will you get through it? That's the question. Please let us know your thoughts. If you're checking out Elden Ring, that's now available on next-gen Systems, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up after the break, it is Dawn Fobbs with her February TV report. She's coming back to talk a lot of things about good shows that she's checking out right now, but also as well, What's coming up in the not-too-distant future that she and I are excited for. So we'll talk about that after the break. Plus also as well, Josh and I are be talking about the Batman. And to see if it's something that DC will be proud of. This new direction for the Batman character. That's coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two. Exclusively on Jinx eSports TV, Canada. All right, we're back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Gerald Glasser, Cronard, back at you here. It is that time again each and every month we look at the inside workings of what's going on in what's hot and what's not in the world of television. And there is no one better at all <laughs> to go ahead and run that down for us then the love the young lady who also appears with her daughter on the awesome podcast the mother daughter ish podcast now available wherever you get your podcasts it is miss don fobbs and don great to have you back one more time i know you said before we went on the air that you've been watching a lot of good stuff so uh, yes. i'm ready
2: i mean i've got a good rundown because i just fallen so much more in love with just finding all the different shows and especially things that interest to me. Like, I don't know if you know, but Anthony Anderson made his debut this week in law and order. So everybody was kind of excited about that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, That sounds exciting because you know he's got that show to tell the truth over on ABC, which is a funny kind of game show he does with his mom. So I kind of know his
0: run with Blackish as well.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And he just ended with that. So I thought, oh, what a perfect time for him to go back to
0: Law and Order now that he doesn't have that obligation, which was a big one. Law and Order, one of the most iconic shows on television. I know there's also a ton more stuff that you've been checking out as well.
2: Absolutely. Okay, I'll take off like a rocket.
0: (laughs) All right. So on Hulu, you know,
2: Pam and Tommy debuted, and that really hit it off good. I think the thing that I loved about it is the telling of the story, but that that girl she absolutely did a complete makeover and she looked because they showed what she really looks like in real life. And then with the makeover and she did a really great job of looking like Pamela Anderson. And I don't, I can honestly tell you, I don't know anyone who doesn't love Pam Anderson. Like, I I just don't know anybody that has ever said, Oh, I can't stand her. or I don't like her. Everybody kind of loves Pam
0: Anderson. So I I mean, why over the years, I mean, why did Baywatch become such an international hit for so many years? They're back in the nineties. So I know People love that, not just for Pam Anderson too, but, you know, David Hasselhoff
2: and all those people. But Netflix just kind of literally lost their mind and just put so much out there. I said, oh, well, I guess they need to have an excuse to raise the prices on Netflix, which is taking effect. I think they're going to like 16 bucks for the lowest one, which used to be like 10. Let me just put these two together because I think that they should date and they should marry and move to Mars. So inventing Anna and the tender swindler, they got on my nerves.
0: <laughs> I think that's what it's designed to do, especially with a
2: Exactly. Swindler. And now that I see she's got a Hulu documentary where she did her own documentary on herself, and then I saw that the tender swindler, that exact guy, because as soon as I was watching the show, I actually went to Instagram to his page and saw him just living his best life ever because he's out of prison and jail and everything. And he now is getting ready to do his own dating show. And I'm like, why would anybody touch you with a 10-foot pole? So I think that Anna... And Simon should get together and move to another planet because that's where they should be. Medea's Homecoming came back. You know, Tyler Perry debuts yes. that. And I like this particular one. I haven't seen a lot of his other stuff because really not my taste. And I don't like plays and all that stuff. This one was funny to me because he mocked so many fun things that we see on TikTok and on Instagram and I wanted to see if you had been watching any of these other ones, because I saw that this month was really jam-packed with so many shows. Celebrity Big Brother just ended, you know, and Raised by Wolves came out. That was on HBO Max.
0: Raised by Wolves is executive produced by Ridley Scott, one of the first entities to be part of the opening of HBO Max. When HBO Max opened, that was one of the four or five marquee shows and or movies to be actually presented. So had a pretty good season one season two starts off it's pretty good so far again it's a really high rated program so Mm -hmm. definitely looking forward to some good things on that i do also want to mention peacemaker closed out its run Mm -hmm. we talked about Mm -hmm. that on the show and that's Mm -hmm. something that i think a lot of people enjoyed it did get a approval for season two and i do want to mention that i have been watching and i mentioned this the other day the Legend of Vox Machina on yep, Amazon. Prime. I was
2: just about to say that one. Yep, yep,
0: yeah. yep. I know a lot of the pub out there. Again, I've said it on the show that has gone to reacher. Reachers getting the nut press is the number one show, but yep. right behind it, The Legend of Vox Machina. I finished it. Run. If for people out there, as far as interested in the whole critical role from the famous podcast that they have out there, this is a basically a dramatization of what they've been doing on that show basically condensed version, as my co-host Melinda said. And I think it came off rather well. I think I look forward to seeing a season two for that.
2: That's right. And I hope people have been enjoying, you know, earlier in the month, the uh, Winter Olympics. But I do want to tell you that Sweet Magnolias came back on Netflix and this is the part two. And I'm telling you, it was just a heart racer, just like the first one. So I'm one of those people, you know, I won't watch something and then walk away from it. I have to see it all the way through. So I've got to figure out my plan. Like, what am I going to do while I'm watching this show? Because I don't like to stop and then have to come back because it kind of throws me off from the excitement of the show but that's what I've been up to for February there has just been so many great things and when I pulled up the you know the list of okay what's coming up in Netflix because you know Netflix has that area where it'll tell you what's coming up next week and next week and next week so I've been looking at some of the things that are coming and so you know we've got stranger things that's coming back we've got so many other things that are getting ready to come back on so I've been excited Gerald I have to thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about all of these different shows that I watch because usually I watch them in silence and then nobody knows about all the fun I've had (laughs) So thank you for giving me this outlet to be able to talk about all this great stuff on TV.
0: Well, I appreciate it. But before we head on out, Don Fobbs, and before we make sure that you let everybody know why they need to check out the mother daughter ish podcast. I do want to mention a couple shows that I'm going to check out here in the next week. Also want you dudes to go ahead and, and let everybody know if there's anything in the next month in March, because this will be right on the verge of March when this airs, what you're looking forward to, what you will be checking out, I will tell you. There's Outlander from Stars. Oh, oh my six.
2: god! Oh my god! I love, I love, love Outlander. My wife, just,
0: my yeah. wife is such a huge, oh, huge, huge fan of the show. She's actually rewatching oh season god. five just to I prepare for season six. Yeah, that I will be coming that. out March sixth. To everybody yes. out there that wants to know, that's coming out from Stars. I
2: am so excited! I love that show. I've been there since day one. I love that, it.
0: I want to also mention as well a show that is coming up from HBO Max. Their next. I mean, they've done such a great job this year already. Like I said, talked about yeah. Peacemaker. Euphoria yeah. still throughout oh, yeah. the past couple of months. The, it's oh, not yeah. only has it gotten a huge amount of ratings as yeah. far as upwards of 5 million across yes. HBO and HBO Max, but also as well, it is the most tweeted show Of the past decade. That came out a couple days ago as far as the news concerns. So Euphoria has been a big hit for them.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to, like you said, Outlander. I I can't wait for that. I've got that literally written on my calendar. But then also I'm continuing with Billions. It has taken a huge turn. And I can't wait to see what gauntlet they're going to drop on the last episode. Because when I tuned in to six, I was like, I'm so lost. Like I had to go back to the last two episodes of five to remind myself, oh, yeah, that happened. Because it started off in the wilderness, almost like, "What are y'all doing?" And then I figured it out. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. This happened." But that one, I'm I'm looking forward to.
0: Bridgerton I mean, coming back. This time last year, everybody was still yeah. talking about Bridgerton. Yep, it's coming back, the series captivated audiences. Is coming back absolutely here very soon. But before mm-hmm. we head on out. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today with her daughter at the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. So, Dawn, please go ahead and give us the info, the 411 on what's going on with your awesome show, the Mother Daughter-ish podcast.
2: Oh, we are so great that we have just wrapped up our February series. We've got a show coming out tonight, which is our trip to Miami. And then we've got our Sunday show. And then we will start on our March, and we've already got our topics ready. We're going to be celebrating women in history, so we're going oh, to talk about awesome. women in history for the month of March, and our podcast studio will be finished being built in probably about, I would say, 10 days or so, so that's exciting. We, we've we just Gotten so much more excited now that it's like already structured. They're just doing like the floor now, the baseboard, the things on top. But we're having a really great time. We've got a couple of great Saturdays that are going to be coming up soon, be pretty exciting. So we we're gonna have some video from that. We love to take people where we're going, but Mother Daughter Ish program is having a really, really great time. We've got sponsors that are getting even more interested. We really have increased our, our followership and viewership. So we're excited about that. But not only that, again, our goal is to bring together over a million women. So that's the goal we're still working toward and we're going to
0: crawl one bit at a time oh that sounds awesome indeed and for anybody out there please go ahead and check them out today the mother daughter ish podcast wherever you get your podcasts and of course on youtube as well oh always great to have you here looking forward to hearing what you're checking out next month when we go ahead and bring up our march tv update Plus also as well, I know there probably will be at that point in time, some major cuts on some Mm -hmm. shows or decisions that would be made because, you know, with the season coming back after the start of the new year, we've now seen some shows that are like four, six weeks in. And so looking forward to seeing some decisions made on some shows, whether they're kept or given the ax or whatnot. So we'll see what happens there. But Don, so great to have you here. We'll report it next month, this time around when it comes to our March TV update. Looking forward to hearing from your thoughts again on the world of television right here at the Pop Culture. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Josh Peterson, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Once again, I want to let everybody know that the Pop Culture Cosmos has the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every day. So please check out and follow us and like us on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus also as well, we have the number one tabletop RPG streaming place to go for everything tabletop RPGs. We have several games a week, so you want to check that out today. Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. Go into the archives and you'll see dozens and dozens of tabletop RPG games streaming right there for you at your very fingertips right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But my friend, before we head on out, wanted to talk to Batman because that comes out this week. The vision of Matt Reeves as far as a Batman in the second year, let's say I think year two of his crime busting spree or the way the hero himself has evolved. It's basically a story that starts in the second year of Batman. It's Robert Pattinson brooding for you. You know, obviously he's gotten a lot of practice in brooding in preparation for the Batman from his years with the Twilight series. So I wanna hear your thoughts first off on the Batman. Are you excited for this particular evolution of the Batman? Because right now, as you know, there's still the Batfleck that's still out there, that's going to be coming up at Flashpoint in one of his final performances. You still have got Michael Keaton that's coming back in Flashpoint in one of his newest performances. So tell me your thoughts on this version of the Batman that's coming to theaters this week.
1: I am becoming more and more interested in it the more I see. As for its ties to the DCU, I think that with Flashpoint, I'm pretty confident that we're going to see Pattinson's Batman joining the big guys here. You know, because there's obviously, with what happened in the end of Peacemaker, they're obviously gearing up for something. So I think it's. only... that's for the
0: timeline, though. You got to.
1: Yeah, I know. But I mean, with the Flashpoint film, I'm pretty sure that the timelines are going to be rewritten and we'll see Pattinson at some point joining the Justice League. So. Moving on here from that little tidbit, I am excited about this. You know, like I, I was very on the fence about Pattinson playing Batman at first, and then but the more I'm like seeing trailers of it, the more like dark it feels. And the really has hurts your
0: face when you try to brood like that.
1: He, yeah, I know. And it's funny, I was reading something and they were interviewing Matt Reeves and they said that he had to tell Pattinson to stop doing his original Batman voice because I guess it was just a whisper. I mean, nobody. Yeah, nobody could hear or understand what he was saying, and Matt Reeves had to tell him to stop doing that. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot going on. That's why you have sound guys. That's why you have sound guys. But I I feel like people. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this movie, and I'm looking at it from like a perspective of him discovering, you know, who he is in this story, and dealing you know him being a monster himself being no better than these villains and from what i understand of the, i haven't actually read stuff from year two but i from what i understand he actually like he would kill people in this like he didn't care about turning them into the cops it and,
0: looks more violent it looks more gritty it looks more hardcore right. it looks less cartoonish pardon the pun than what we've seen before from various batmans it looks more like the days when Christian Bale's Batman had that harder edge to it closer to the end of the series after he got hurt by Bane it seemed to me that he gained a new level of aggression that he didn't have before and in doing so decided to unleash his frustrations out on the world and obviously you saw what happened there to mostly great success in those three Batmans and then now you see an even harder edge Batman I think the success of the Joker has dictated for DC a style and a way that they could perceive and showcase the Batman character in a whole different light.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they should be able to. I was at Walmart a couple of weeks ago, and they, do, they have toys for the Batman, but it's not being highly merchandised, which leads me to believe that it's going to be something that is not meant for kids.
0: Yeah, this this movie does not seem to be something that's going to be meant for much younger audiences. I still think that you're going to have a lot of teens checking it out. You're still going to have a lot of people that are going to be checking out with their families thinking, oh, it's the Batman movie. And then they're going to be probably saying, oh. It's too violent. You probably will hear that this weekend where, oh, I took my family. I took little Timmy and little Janie to the movies. And unfortunately, they were kind of shocked by the violence that Robert Pattinson created. So basically, you're going to go have to check out what's coming up with the Batman. I do think, again, it's going to be a grittier, more hardcore Batman. So I'm excited for that aspect of it. And I am going to be checking out and hopefully I will have thoughts on it on our next Pop Culture Cosmos. But What does this do for dc you and i my friend are on the side of finding a continuous narrative and not having these things all over the place you're hoping that flashpoint will be this kind of like eraser that fixes everything and puts it all into one narrative going forward but i don't have that same type of confidence to be honest with you that flashpoint because you're asking flashpoint to do a lot because everything is all over the place right now in the dc universe With all these different projects that's going on, it makes it really hard to go ahead and follow or explain to pop culture fans out there or people wanting to get into the DC Universe. So Flashpoint is going to be asked to do a lot. But can the Batman become an integral part of the DC Universe going forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it, it could have its place. Granted, I haven't seen the movie yet, so it's hard to say. With 100% certainty, but I do think what the DCU, I guess, is going to be in need of a Batman, and if Robert Pattinson's Batman is critically successful, I absolutely see them shifting him into that that main world. You know, as as for how it's going to be done in Flashpoint, this is what they use to fix everything that they messed up in the comic books, all the the different continuities that were out there. They use the Flashpoint to bring it all together, and with that in mind i think that the flashpoint movie does have a lot on its shoulders but the big question here is you know like you said can it erase all these things and still keep a meaningful narrative
0: i agree with you i think robert pattinson the more i see him and the more footage i check out the more i think i'm gonna like as far as this version of the batman going forward i don't think it'll end up being a george clooney scenario where you cannot absolutely stand your time in the bat suit, like he does. I think this is something that's going to be portrayed pretty good. And I think that, like you said, that DC, if it does well, will be solidly behind Robert Pattinson. And he's still at a young enough age where he will go ahead and can play the role for 10 years, possibly even more. Who knows? But you think that it's going to find success in the box office? The current box office champ right now is Uncharted, which is won here in the U.S. and worldwide for the second week in a row. I think it will easily overtake Uncharted. I don't think it has a problem with that. But at what point do you think this will be a success? Do you think this will actually achieve the heights of, let's say, I'm not asking for Spider-Man No Way Home, but do you think this will achieve the success of, let's say, The Joker, which gained just over a billion dollars in worldwide revenue?
1: Yeah, I think it's possible. You know, you had mentioned Spider-Man. That's an interesting, that's an interesting point or case there because Spider-Man had been rebooted three times. The third one wildly more successful than the others. I would, you know, I, I, not wildly, but you know, two different degrees more successful. Batman has been rebooted. What this is the the fourth time? Three? Is this the third time or the fourth time? I've
0: lost track, my friend. I mean, yes. you, have, you have obviously Michael Keaton in the first original. Well, I mean, if you want to go back to Adam West in the TV series, you, have, you go by all means. That but... would
1: be four. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. just, I mean, I, I always have Val the... Kilmer,
0: you have George Clooney, Christian yeah. Bale. Yeah.
1: Because so. I like, I count the Schumacher worlds as like one film. Okay. Fair enough. With that, though, I mean, what made Spider Man so successful is that they gave the fans what they want. So, what are they going to deliver to fans with this iteration of Batman? And I guess that's going to be because fan perception is going to be what ultimately makes or breaks this film. And on that case, they have to deliver something.
0: They do have to deliver something and hopefully they will. But we'll find out as the reviews start to come in and pop up later this week. And then the movie itself will be available in theaters worldwide starting this weekend. So we'll be going ahead and talking more about that on the Friday show. And Josh and I will be back on Monday to talk about the first results and to see how popular it is out there with the Batman that's coming to theaters this weekend. So we want to hear your thoughts. Are you heading to the theaters to check out the Batman this weekend? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and ask real quick on Gran Turismo 7. As a guy who has the PlayStation 5 and who just had a great experience with Forza Horizon 5, Obviously, one of the best review games of 2021. It's actually just, I think, steered forward the driving genre for video games. Gran Turismo 7 comes out also this weekend to the PlayStation 5, trying to reboot the once great success that the Gran Turismo IP had. Because at one time, back 20 years ago, the Gran Turismo line of games were the pinnacle of driving game success. And now you have a situation where Gran Turismo 7 is coming out and it is behind the eight ball. And it is so far behind what we've seen from what the Forza games have brought us. I think that it has a steep hill to climb. I really don't know if it'll do it, but I'm excited to go ahead and see.
1: Yeah, and I know I've said this before, but Gran Turismo's biggest downfall has been the fact that they have tried to keep the game fresh by messing with what works. Forza's big successes are putting new things into the game without breaking or rebuilding what was essentially the winning formula for them, like what made the games work, what drew people in. Gran Turismo messed too much with that formula, and I think it threw people off. I think Gran Turismo 4, to me, was like the last good Gran Turismo game. Then they started introducing concepts like, hey, we're gonna have this really short racing campaign, and then the rest of the game, you're gonna have to coach drivers. Like, that was really bad. Gran Turismo Sport, right? That was the one that came out on PS4. They were like, oh, hey, we're giving you a Gran Turismo game, but it's all online.
0: There was also Gran Turismo Prologue, I think. Prologue, PS3. yeah, that was
1: that was basically an, a short introduction to what eventually became Gran Turismo Five. So with this, I'm I'm hearing okay things. You know, if, if you bought it from Amazon, you actually got the game shipped to you last week due to some flaw in the early shipping thing that Amazon has going on. So you could play it, but you couldn't play a lot of it because the servers hadn't gone online yet. So most yeah. of the people have been diving into what's called the cafe mode, which is the main campaign in this one, which allows you to race and buy cars and upgrades. And it also teaches you the history of some of these cars that are on there and what makes them so great. You know, I'm hearing about this and it sounds cool, but this is another one of those innovations that is going to be either successful or it's going to push Gran Turismo further down the scale of racing games.
0: Well, we'll see what happens, my friend, but it is Gran Turismo 7. It is coming out in a normal fashion, Amazon aside for playstation users this weekend so please we want to hear your thoughts on gran turismo 7 and if you think this will actually take the racing genre forward if you actually think it will surpass what forza horizon 5 has done and the success it had last year so please let us know your thoughts on gran turismo 7 pop culture cosmos and yahoo.com well my friend it's been a great episode but before we head on out i always ask you what you've been doing what you've been playing I do, as I said last week, want you to check out, when you get a chance, you said you had Apple Plus, I really need you to check out Ben Stiller's Severance. We're three episodes in, and I feel like I'm on a journey down the rabbit hole with this mysterious new show and everything that takes place in it. I'm highly, highly recommending it because I really like what I've seen so far.
1: You know, it's funny, I've actually... I dug into what Ben Stiller has been up to lately and I know he's like many comedy directors and actors out there who are afraid to to step into comedy these days just because of our culture but it sounds like he's someone who's been able to shift genres successfully like he's had a lot he's he has a lot of talent creatively that just wasn't being utilized in things like Zoolander and you know meet the parents and things like that so i am absolutely willing to give this show a chance because i've just i've heard such great things about it and it makes me wonder like how many other you know big comedic names out there have great stories to tell but just don't get the opportunity to do it
0: well we're seeing it right now with adam mckay who had the great success on netflix with don't look up and who now will be executive producing the upcoming series winning time so we'll find out exactly if this story the series on the lakers will also be something very special as well and i'll have hopefully my first thoughts of it on the monday show coming up here next week but i will be having an interview with award-winning author that the series is based off of his book showtime so please go ahead and pick it up today at amazon before the series comes out winning time so i will be talking to jeff perlman that interview is coming up later this week on the pc multiverse but my friend tell you what i am so excited to catch the rest of the series it's they're only dropping a w- episode a week so i'm eagerly anticipating what i will see next week from severance from ben stiller so it has been very interesting so far so please if you have any thoughts on winning time or severance please let us know Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com my friend it's been a great episode i can thank you enough as always any last thoughts before we head on out
1: Yeah, I just want to mention something real quick, and I'm not trying to be political or anything, but I don't think a lot of people realize how many great game developers are from Ukraine. So, I mean, if you're, you know, someone who has some money to spare, like, oh, these guys are suffering just because of what's going on over there. And I would highly recommend checking out some of their websites and seeing how you can help these guys out.
0: Absolutely. 100% agreed, because I know the world's thoughts are what's going on in that area. And there's so many people that are hurting right now because of what's going on. And please, if you could support them in any way possible. And this goes a long way by supporting these developers that are in the Ukraine. So if you can go ahead and check out that today, I'm sure it'll be greatly appreciated. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Hey, Mike, I think I might have the new promo for Earth Station 1 for the spring. Want to hear it? Sure. Celebrating over 12 years of bringing you all things geek, we're the Earth Station 1 podcast. No matter the topic, we have been showing you all sides of geekdom with interviews, reviews, discussions, con reports, and as always, the geek seat. Join Mike and Mike weekly at earthstation1.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. That's Earth Station 1. What do you think? Is it okay? That's fine. We'll, We'll do better next time.